You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice, and ideas, helping businesses add value and prepare for the future. Hello and welcome to this Trowers and Hamlins podcast. I'm Darren Ashworth, a partner in the firm's Manchester office, specialising in real estate. We at Trowers and Hamlins have recently been running a campaign looking at the drivers of prosperity in cities and urban centres. Hospitality is key to this and will have a major role to play in leading city recovery post-pandemic. I'm joined by two distinguished guests today for a discussion around the challenges facing the hospitality industry post-pandemic. First, we have Kevin Haygarth, who has 35 years of experience in hospitality, a director and senior management levels in hotels and luxury resorts across the world. He has a long-standing passion for training and education in both service and food and beverage excellence. Second, Stephen Miles, a professional hotelier and restaurateur with 43 years of experience in hospitality. 26 of those have been spent as general manager in the London and Manchester four and five star hotel market with Edwardian Hotels. Stephen has a keen eye for detail and a strong ability to develop talent. Both he and Kevin are highly respected in the industry. Together, they have formed Hospitality Associates which offers a full range of services to organisations within the hospitality sector. Kevin, Stephen, welcome and many thanks for joining us today. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So it's clear, of course, that, that the pandemic has affected almost all types of businesses in one way or another. But I think it is widely recognised that the hospitality sector has been one of the worst hit, unfortunately. As we move through the final stages of the current lockdown, do you think there needs to be some practical adjustments to the COVID restrictions to allow hospitality businesses to provide a better service and to increase their revenues? Yeah, at the end of the day, hospitality is about the experience. And I think we all appreciate that the restrictions were put in place, but it has severely affected the experience of buying a sandwich, going for a pint, going out for dinner, going to a sporting venue so we're going to have to think about and do something to change that because it's going to be more expensive for reasons that we'll probably discuss later on if that's going to be more expensive to produce then we need to make sure that we are generating extra revenue if we don't then you know it's not going to be sustainable so it's really important that we look at that as an industry and lobby as an industry and make sure that we are creating a safe environment. And technology is not going to go away, but you have to enhance that with personal service. There's no question about that. That's what we all want. That's what we all expect. Not all of us are tech savvy. Um, and to, to, to me, I think it's going to be crucial. There are parts of the world that are further advanced. China for one, has, has done some, some great work around that, um, as well as uh, certain parts of America. But it is absolutely crucial that we do that. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to produce those revenues. And ultimately, some businesses won't be able to provide an experience that will make people want to come back. Uh, thank, thank you, Stephen. And, and as you say, I'm sure we'll... We'll touch on some of that a bit later on because uh, it does raise quite yeah. quite a few interesting yeah. points. Um, 
I suppose another really key issue, both in the light of Brexit and COVID-19, is recruitment. And considering the, the current challenges, what do you think needs to happen to change the perception of working in the hospitality industry? We need to develop talent and retain it. Um, this will be through a number of measures, uh, which will include, but not be limited to, formal and informal training, investment in people through highlighting that the sector has fabulous career opportunities and can for many of us be a job for life. Stephen and I began our careers as chefs and we've put suits on along the way and we've become relatively successful. We need to lead by example and shout about what we do as a sector, which is what we've been poor at up to this point. And this will include restaurants, bars, hotels, and to some extent, some of the tourism hotspots, museums, and so forth. In other countries, the, the sector isn't viewed as transient, but it's a serious provider of sustainable employment. And some operators have now started to shift the balance by giving new starters bonuses after a period of time of being in the business. And that may well become the norm as pay increases to entice people to the sector. Stephen and I were part of what was known as the big conversation, which was it was operated by the organisation prior to UK Hospitality. And we sat on big conversations and we sat on a table of 10 with young people and we outlined to them that this industry, this sector, can provide everything from hospitality management through to finance, HR, event management, customer service, technicians, painting and decorating, so that we can show them that as one industry, one sector, we can train many people in different disciplines. And that's something that we need to tell them all about. Uh, the wonderful opportunities are certainly there, aren't they, Kevin? Absolutely. Yeah, if I could, if I could just add to that, I think um, Kevin's point about our own personal careers, but there are, of course, some even better examples of much younger people. Uh, and we're not great at shouting about that because the one thing our industry is great is giving people a chance and giving people positions perhaps that they wouldn't have got in other industries. And young people will take more inspiration from seeing a 30-year-old and how they've got from 17 to 30 than perhaps people like Kevin and myself. Um, so I think it's what Kevin's saying is absolutely correct. And there's some wonderful, wonderful examples in our industry of people that have really done exceptionally well, surprised themselves, I, I, I would imagine as well. Yeah, th thanks, Kevin. Some really good points there. What, one thing that I, that I did notice recently <clears throat> was that UK Hospitality have released a 12-point plan to tackle recruitment challenges. Do you think that's robust enough, Stephen? It's certainly, the, sub, uh, the, the 12 points are certainly uh, robust enough. The, the, the challenge that we've got is making sure that the industry, which in fairness is over the, the years has been pretty protracted and, and not joined together. There are so many assets of what falls under tourism and hospitality. So I think that's the challenge. And changing the perception of the importance of our industry is critical. Well, I think you know, the, unfortunately, the pandemic has brought our industry into the forefront. And you could argue sometimes whether our industry has been taken for granted by the general public, by government and X, Y, Z. So I think the challenge is getting, and UK hospitality have done a fantastic job over the years, particularly, and Kate Nichols and the team are, are working tirelessly to levy government. Um, but I do think 
the industry needs to join together and support her and her team to get this delivered because it's not going to just happen through government. And I, I think, you know, certainly when it comes to training, a lot of our industry rely on other people to do it rather than themselves. So it's a, taking a proactive and taking some ownership for this because in answer to the question, those points are definitely robust enough. You could make it so long that it then becomes ineffective. But effectively, if we got those 12 points done, we'd be damn sight better off than we currently are. There's no question about that. But as I say, we've got to get the rest of the industry to support that and start being a lot more vocal. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I agree, Stephen. It's going to be a collective effort, isn't it? I suppose one, one of the, the biggest challenges is the, the, the one million plus non-UK passport holders which are, are no longer here to, you know, to support us recruitment-wise. Do you think the industry is going to struggle in the light of, of that kind of post-Brexit change? Looking ahead, the UK government wants to see a growing and dynamic and sustainable tourism sector. Part of our problem is that we're going to have to change the perception of getting young people into our industry because uh, although that's got better uh, than when I first started in the industry uh, in the 70s, um, we, we are going to have to continue to work at changing the perception of working. In a, it's not everybody's forte, but for most of us that work in it, it's a fabulous industry. It's very exciting. The issue of being looked after is the biggest thing that employers need to do. Take care of its colleagues, staff members, whatever. Each different organisation has a different way of doing it, which is absolutely no prime, but creating that environment is very important. Is there enough UK passport holders to fill those positions? No, there isn't. So for us to get those, I think it's uh, 900,000, but it's the best part of a million people, to come back and work in our industry is incredibly important. The other thing that I might say, and people listening to this would have heard me say this a number of times, uh, and also say you can't say it because you're English, but it's not our particular forte to provide great service as English. You know, there is still an upstairs, downstairs mentality to our industry. And of course, what non-UK passport holders have contributed is it's okay to go the extra mile. It's okay to to provide world-class service and from that that point of view i think we are missing that already and we've all been out to the pub had dinner had a hospitality experience in the last six weeks we are missing that already so that's a huge huge challenge and there are some businesses that just cannot function on a full capacity at the moment because they're, they're not fully staffed some restaurants are, are closing at lunchtime because they can't. They have to give staff days off, and that will have an impact, uh, particularly in the independent market, in restaurants and hotels and theatres and everywhere else. So incredibly important. Very passionate about that bit, to be honest. Very passionate. Yeah, and and uh, and, and again, it's just an, another challenge to overcome, isn't it? And, you know, there are <coughs> lots at the moment, but that's as you say. I think that's yeah. probably one of the biggest. So changing topic slightly, Kevin, do you think that the, the independent hotels market is ready for this stay vacation boom that we keep hearing about? Well, it better be because it's going to happen and it's, it happened to some extent last year. But to answer it succinctly, some are ready and some are not. 
historically the the independent market has been underinvested and it's not had the foresight to plan for any changes in circumstances that we've witnessed since the pandemic hit the shores the accommodation and indoor sector prepared to open and listening to think tanks and looking at all sorts of trade information domestic holidays this year is anticipated to reach 31 billion pounds with 23 million brits planning to to have at least one staycation the independents need to prepare and be ready to to change and uh, going to stevens point provide high quality service and excellence because holidaymakers will be more discerning than before areas such as cornwall the lake district Devon, Scotland, are going to see a huge influx of people with, with billions of pounds coming into their uh, infrastructure. And it's the duty of, of all of us to make sure that we're prepared. And if they need to, and again, to Stephen's point, invest in training the young people of the United Kingdom to facilitate that, then that's what we need to do. And Stephen and I see it very much as our job to help people in that part of the sector. So, yes. Of course, it's it's incredibly important. I suppose maybe there's been an element. Do you, do you think that it's 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 perhaps been taken for granted in the past? But but do you think that because of these challenges that are now faced, will providing hospitality experience become more expensive? Do you think will, will that be another challenge for for businesses in the sector? Yeah, I mean, you know, that goes without question. We've seen many changes in the in the sector as time's gone on. But the, the one thing that Stephen and I and people that we speak to refer to regularly and often is the housekeeping. So we're going to see housekeeping costs increase, we think. Uh, people want to see some theatrical cleaning because of the, uh, the good job that the government have done in spreading the message. But also, with, I think we're going to see an increase in travel fares. We're going to see an increase in general uh, roadside travel costs. Uh, we'll see some increase in accommodation rates. And I think that despite all that, given that there's pent up demand that needs to be satisfied, people will understand and expect marginal increases for a safe stay. So I think, yes, it will be marginally more expensive, but understandably so. You mentioned the, the government there, Kevin. Do you, do you think, I suppose, maybe there is an element here of maybe the government and perhaps the general public as a whole have maybe taken the industry a bit for granted in the past and perhaps does does that need to be sort of considered now and 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 should there be a different approach yeah i mean without question i think i referred to earlier on i think the one good thing to come out of this awful scenario is that it has put our industry on the front pages of every newspaper every television news program Hospitality gets talked about nearly every day in the media. And I think all of a sudden, people are walking down high streets and seeing businesses closed that they used to frequent. And some of those businesses won't reopen. And that's where I think the seriousness of the situation will really hit the general public, whether that be a small bar or a, a major arena. I'm part of the Master Inholders Institution. And interestingly enough, on one of our recent podcasts, uh, Prince Charles came on himself and said in his own words that he felt that the industry had been taken for granted, which was great to hear. I think now we're out of denial as a nation. 
because other nations don't treat their hospitality business in the same light, then let's take that as a positive and, and, and go forward and, and tackle those 12 points and any other points together because everybody likes to go for a pint. Everybody wants to go out for dinner. Everybody wants a sandwich. So it's in all of our interests to create that environment for one, for people wanting to join our industry, because as, as we said earlier, that's, that, that's a huge problem. And secondly, we want to create, when those tourists do come back to this country, uh, we want to be able to give them a fantastic experience. So they'll either come back or talk about us in a very positive. So it has huge ramifications. And I think that it is dawning on the government and people quite how large and important our industry is because of the lack of revenue that it's producing for the government and because of all the things that we've talked about this morning, quite frankly. So, yes, it has taken it for granted. We've all taken the industry for granted. Let's, let's not apportion blame here. I think we've all taken the industry for granted. And just to, if, if, if I may just uh, expand on that a little bit, um, there was a, a petition to appoint a hospitality minister last year, and yeah. the, the petition lasted for six months, and we got 209,000 signatures that came through. The government responded to that campaign with the recognition of the importance of the hospitality sector, and they recognised that it supports local communities up and down the country, uh, and also supports the economy, as Stephen said. It's broad, it, it, you know, it ranges from arts to entertainment, pubs, cafes, restaurants, and so forth. And the responsibility at the moment is shared by the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, and DCMS. Ministers in both of those departments have worked closely with business leaders and, and bodies in the last 12, 18 months to ensure the interests of hospitality businesses are well represented within government. So it may well be that we get a specific minister at some point in the future. So uh, watch this space because I think the campaigns will continue. Very interesting, Kevin. And, and I think as you know, as we're going back to the beginning, you know, the the key the key driver that the industry has in terms of overall prosperity of cities and, and urban centres, you know, it, it has to be given that importance, doesn't it? It has to be recognised. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're touching on many, many kind of topics here, but obviously we don't, we don't have time to, we, we'd be here for days to go through it all in, in forensic detail. But um, another area I really wanted to pick up on was, was health and safety, because obviously post COVID-19, um, it has a much bigger role. And do you, do you think that's set to continue? Yeah, I mean, it, it, hugely. Um, you know, we saw immediately a lot of the large brands at the start of the pandemic last year, uh, putting measures in place and, and having strategic meetings to make sure that that happened as quickly as possible. Um, everything from room misting to closing bedrooms for three days, spot touch sanitising on things like uh, lift buttons and so forth. We've all seen disposable pens and pencils on desks. We know that the way that bedding and pillows are now being laundered and taken care of. We're using different products. We're using higher temperatures. The inner padding of pillows has, has been changed to allow for that increase in heat in many cases. And I think that the general public and the, the guests that we, we bring in and our, our clients and so forth recognise and respect the amount of work that we've done to get to the point to allow us to reopen, albeit uh, sporadically. 
but I think they recognise it and respect it. We also need to make sure that the, there's health and safety covered for uh, our colleagues and our staff members, because they will feel the same sense of fragility that the guests feel. Um, we all know that when we, we go somewhere and people are wearing masks, it, it becomes a thing of astonishment. So it's, it's clear that, that not only clientele will feel that way, but we need to take care of our, our colleagues. That's an important consideration to move forward. Very much so. Yeah, of course, and, and all of that, of course, carries extra extra costs, extra extra work behind the scenes, doesn't it? Which, um, it does, yeah. Needs to be factored in. So just kind of finishing off with a with a with a couple of um, sort of broader questions. Given everything we, we we've discussed, the various challenges that we know the the industry is facing at the moment, when do you see it coming back to its full revenue capacity? Well, whilst nobody knows this answer specifically, everybody's got a different view. Uh, every business, every brand, it's our view. And having listened to independents, brands support functors the whole gambit is around probably 2023 and probably q3 bearing in mind of course the the event industry uh the large event industry uh manchester central nec some of these businesses will take at least that time to get ramped up the wedding market as you know is is now coming back now that the numbers have been, uh, the restrictions are lifted around that area. But again, most of that stuff has been shifted to the next year. So it's going to be a busy time for for that. Certainly as far as uh, investment, uh, you know, a lot of these businesses are going to need investment. Uh, as you say, as Kevin quite rightly said, some are ready, some aren't. And the ones that aren't, will need to get their acts together to make sure that they are ready. Otherwise, they're not going to be ready for whether it is 2023 or 2022. It doesn't really matter. And I think if all the businesses, and if we get everything right, then it could be quicker. But as I say, because it is such a diverse and such a massive business industry, some of it will take longer, particularly the large, as I say, the large conference business will take a long time to recover giving people confidence making people feel comfortable that it's safe to go to a large venue i know that's happening in the sporting but even now we're we're hearing that's not quite as as successful as 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 we first thought so great care will need to be to, to be taken but certainly what the industry's telling us and just piecing together 2023 yeah, it's a long road back, isn't it? And um, yeah, I suppose we'll have a very a, a different industry when we do finally get get back because um, some of the changes, I suppose, will be permanent. I think it'll be a leaner business. Hopefully, it'll be a better business because it's we've all had to sit back and look at our businesses and think, right, what can we do differently? What can we do better? I don't think anybody's not thought about that. Whether you're a a small sandwich bar or a large conference venue. I think we've all used this last year, including Hospitality Associates. We've looked at what we do well and, and things that we need to improve on. So, and we like to think that we're a, a better business now than we were a year ago. And I'm sure everybody else would, has taken the opportunity to do that. That's a very good point. I know we have, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure you have. 
sure it's the same across the board. Yeah. So, so just to finish off and, and to kind of change the, um, the, the discussion a little bit again, obviously another important aspect of hospitality is investment. What do you think the appetite's like at the moment in terms of investors looking at the market? Um, we talk to the large surveyors. We talk to all of the investment houses. We talk to sovereign wealth funds. We talk to government ministers and so forth. The answer to the question is that the investment for the industry at the moment is strong. It's a buyer's market. There's no question about that. There are some properties that are below market value, which are potentially being snapped up. There are opportunities such as that below market value, yet between 10 and 20 serious offers per asset. There's a good flow of interest supported by cash and overseas interest backed by private equity. Quality and location are, are strong drivers at the moment. We're seeing that secondary locations are being uh, selected as a point of choice by some of the large brands because they want to move out of city centres to increase the portfolio of assets. We're seeing a high volume of serious attention and for good quality properties, we're seeing over market or over guide prices in some cases. The government support is going to come to an end. Our view is that we expect more independent properties to come to the market as costs increase and operational challenges ensue. And speaking again with some of the large houses, what they anticipate is that once furlough ends within the next three months, we will see a raft of these properties wanting to get help. We, we understand and see and speak to people when they tell us that the second and third generation of asset owners don't want to run them and they don't know how to benefit from the sale of these properties. So one element that we will be looking to assist people with is, is improving their sales and revenue to allow it to go to market at the correct value. Awesome some good points there i mean i suppose in a, in a way it's a bit bit more of a positive note to end on because it, it, it shows there's some resilience there in terms of the the overall financial backing and um the, the fact that people are still very much keen on investing in the sector well i think yeah you, you're absolutely right and the importance of the sector as we've alluded to all the way through this this conversation uh, has increased and the, the, the awareness has been heightened. And with that in mind, people are seeing that the UK offers a great potential benefit to them for investment. And uh, it's not something that any of us see um, stopping in the short term. Understood. Well, Kevin, Stephen, thank you. I think that was a, a fascinating discussion. Uh, we touched on many points. It's a shame we couldn't go into much more detail on, on quite a few of them, because I'm, I'm sure we could be here for quite a while. But um, certainly very interesting and some some fascinating views and insights there. So obviously there are many challenges to overcome, but I'm sure that businesses will take great comfort in the, the fact that there are organisations out there like Hospitality Associates on one on hand to help, um, you know, as as we are too. So maybe perhaps we can we can follow up in a few months' time and 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 see how things have, have played out um, when we when we've come out with the latest lockdown measures and we see how how things are moving going forwards. In the meantime, I suppose it's it's kind of watch this space. But but thank you again. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, thank you very much, Darren. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for your time. Much. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at trowers.com. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.